You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. The worst thing I ever heard. It was terrible. Horrendous. Well, it wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah? Oh, there are parts of it I liked. Yeah, I liked a lot of it. Yeah, it was good. It actually. was great. It's wonderful. Oh, bravo. More. 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 Well, that's exactly how this weekend has gone, right there. And welcome to Sunday Coffee in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Startwell. This is terrible. Maybe not, a, not as bad. Okay, hey, it's great. No, we're good now. That's right. It's just uh, just an overreaction on baseball. It's amazing how baseball is just a different sport. It really is, and we'll get into that a little bit more. We're at Sunday Coffee, downtown Starville Farm Bureau Studios. Go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents in all 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. And so, Charlie, great customer service at Farm Bureau. They had their awards last night, and my agent – Ben McDade picked up a bunch of awards last night. He's a great sales guy, but he's a great service guy as well. So congratulations to all those guys at their Farm Bureau Awards show last night. And All right, Charlie, you said, kind of going back to that opening clip, I didn't think, I never thought two years ago when we started this show that we would be leading off with the Muppets. Never thought that. But look back to Friday. We had our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. And the positive about having the Tracks Plus Deep Dig is we kind of get into the series matchup. The bad thing is at times is we have to go back and look at what we said and see if it still holds true 48 hours later. You said, and I quote, if we lose a ball game on Friday or Saturday, then you're not going to be happy Charlie on Sunday. So what kind of Charlie am I getting today? Am I getting happy Charlie, mad Charlie, or just kind of lukewarm Charlie? What am I getting? Oh, well, I'm not happy. Um, let's let's be candid, okay? That's not a good baseball team we lost to. So if we go back to our deep dig and we say, all right, where were we wrong? I will say this. Here's where I'm wrong. I will never predict us to win a game ever again. <laughs> that may be a little bit of an overstatement, but last week I say 75% we're going to beat Long Beach State, who I think now has dropped two this weekend. Sacramento State is really good, though. Yeah, who lost to an NAI school in the middle of the year. And then uh, – I'm just saying they got it turned around out west. Yeah. Uh, and then, look, this is a, a series that I think every college baseball observer had chalked up as a sweep. At the same time, it, it is baseball. And I'm not going to be here, Bart. You may want to come in and say, boy, old Klingon back on Friday, boy, that guy's going to be a big-time guy. He was really good, man. He located well. Here's the thing about Klingenbeck. Yeah, he had a bad start that first week just because they jumped on him early. And, he, you know, he just he just couldn't just. couldn't recapture the magic. The left side of the infield has been really good this weekend for Northern Kentucky. No, I, mean, I agree with you, Charlie. And I had we've had people, you know, I've had buddies of mine who have texted me and said, hey, now, you said this guy was going to be bad. He I mean, is. You said Northern Kentucky was going to be bad. They are. You said this weekend is about us and not Northern Kentucky. And that, of everything you have just said, is the one that I dig in on 
that I am entrenched on more than any other. This isn't about them. This is about us. Now, doesn't mean we got to tear our clothes and cover ourselves in ashes and make more of this out of it. It's, it's a game. At the end of the year, that's going to be in the bad loss column. When you look at this game that happened on Friday, and, hey, we're taking for granted a win today, right? I mean, so I'm, I'm – I am No, oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Back away. Because what I was about to say is in May, when you look at that one loss at the team with an RPI of over 200, you're going to say – who was that? Who did we lose to early in the year that had that, that bad of an RPI? Because I had another friend yesterday that said, hey, this team's not bad. This team's a good team. I'll tell you what. And I told the guy this. I will bet you a $50 gift card from Two Brothers Smoke Meats in Startville that this team will not have a better RPI than 200. They will not, they will not crack 200 in the month of May. Am I wrong for saying that or am I being overreactionary? No, you're right. It's it's not a good team. Now, at the end of the year, baseball is is a weird sport. Funny things happen. What we see, Penn came down and beat Texas A&M. Weird things happen. I go back, though, to the idea, this is about us, and so we've got things we have to fix. We have places we have to get better. We still don't know what our lineup is six games in. And now, and again, this is not piling on. That That's just stating a fact. Now, the beauty of it, though, is – Chris Lamonis doesn't just sit there and, you know, fiddle while Rome burns, right? I mean, this guy's he's pushing buttons. He's trying things. The question that I have, I go back to this. We said coming into this season, we want to see if this team is going to have a hangover from winning. You see it all the time in sports. Are they? I don't I kind of hope so. I hope they are. You know, we kind of said all the right things. No, that won't happen. They've turned the page. I hope they didn't. I tend to believe, though, that what we're seeing is, to some extent, guys realizing there, there's a couple of things that go on. Number one, when you become draft eligible, it impacts you. Do it you, does. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Because then you're hearing it not from scouts. This is what you need to work on. You're hearing it from the scouts talking to the people that you surround yourself with. And so you're hearing it from so many different people. And, hey, before we go any further, I want to say – I'm not piling on to Northern Kentucky. I don't hate Northern Kentucky. This is not me trying to demean their program at all. They seem like nice people. I'm not mad at them. No, I nothing against nothing them. Nothing against them. And, and I'm not, they've played well. They have played well. They've made plays. They're still not very good. And I'm not overreacting at our guys either. I hope not. I may be close to it. But going back to your point, Charlie, of, you know, what's the issue? Chris Lamonis said Friday night, and you could tell after the game, Chris Lamonis was very upset. If you listen to the post-game interview on the radio Friday night, Chris Lamonis not happy at all. And the reason he said he's, he's not happy, he says, hey, we've got some fastballs. You know, we're just not turning around fastballs. we got guys up here throwing 90 miles an hour and throwing fastballs down the heart of the plate, and we're fouling them off. We're just not getting on fastballs right now. So you ask yourself the question, if you've got that situation where you're not on fastball, and hey, put another asterisk by this, we're not talking about 97. We're talking about 88, 89. You're talking about meat pitches. And we're not catching up to 88, 89 fastball and turning around. What does that tell me? It tells me one of two things. you got guys at the plate that are pressing, or you got guys at the plate who are guessing, and they're guessing wrong. 
and they're not guessing fastball. You've got to play off a of fastball. So what does that mean? We're thinking too much in both of those categories. I think we're pressing big time. You come out of the gate. You did what you did last year. You've got some guys who are trying to assert themselves as leaders because what has been said all fall, all spring, we need some leadership. And guys that you thought had a chance to be leaders on this team are trying to do too much right now. And that phrase comes out again, trying to do too much. you got guys up there that are completely pressing. And it goes back to kind of the draft eligible thing too because everybody wants to do good from the day they get here. You have to start with that fundamental – you just have to accept that fundamental point. The guys want to do well. So then some aren't capable. Then when you see guys who you you know are capable – then you start to ask, what is the what is the issue? Sometimes it is not just trying to do good because you want to win. It's sometimes it's, you're trying to do good because you got a lot of pressure on you in terms of where you're going to go. How many guys have we interviewed who have told us that that draft-eligible year, kind of early in the year, they were pressing too much, they were doing too much, and then they finally calmed down? You wonder if you're seeing a little bit of that right now. And, and I would suggest to you that, that we probably are. And so then you ask yourself this question, how do you fix it? You know, I go back to the kind of the, the intro we had there uh, with the, the Muppet. You know you know who those guys are, right? The two old critics that sit in the balcony and kind of just complain about everything. Then you got to ask yourself. Is that me and you? Well, some would suggest that. Yes. Statler and Waldorf. So the question then becomes, though, how do you fix it? Let's be honest. We have some great fans. We have some great fans. We have some, though, who – First time we lose a game, want to get on Twitter and start tagging people and tell them how terrible they are. And you just have to back up and ask this question, is that productive or counterproductive for a guy who is trying but trying too hard? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get into fans here. And because 95%, if you work in any sales industry or any customer service industry, it's like our fine friends at Farm Bureau, 95% of the people you deal with are fantastic people. There's a 5% in there. That ruin it for everybody. That'll tag people. That'll send tweets, and it's uh, it's not like you said, Charlie. It's not productive. Well, I think back to Derek Jeter. I think he went. There's a lot of things instructive about Derek Jeter, but he went like over 31. I think to start a year he was in a slump, and and even Yankee fans who were some of the I don't want to say worst fans because I am one, but you get the idea. They're worst fans. Um, you know, they're applauding him when he comes to the plate. You know, trying to encourage, not discourage. But now, so you say, then as a player, what do you take from Derek Jeter in that situation? So Jeter comes out, and he goes one for two one day. And uh, they're asking him after the game, you know, how it feels to get his first hit and all. And Jeter's kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I went one for two. I'm on, I'm on a roll. <laughs> you know, he, he just had that ability to put everything else out of his mind. This team is going to go one of a couple of ways. I think, for me, the part of the question is going to be, how quickly can you have some breakout games? But I want to go back to kind of all the reasons not to panic just yet. You think when we went out to Long Beach in 20, you know, all of a sudden we were, look, you and I were sharing messages. We can't hit. What, what are we doing? Then we come back and we take two from Texas Tech down in Biloxi right before everything was shut down. And all of a sudden we all leave that season saying, man, I tell you, we, we probably would have won it that year. Baseball's just got too many ebbs and flows to – to get that high or that low about a loss. Again, am I happy about the loss Friday? No. Is that everybody right now, though? Because here's here's what I did the other day on Thursday morning is I ventured to an LSU message, message board. Oh, boy. 
and I don't know why I did. I guess I had about 15 minutes of time to kill that turned into 45 minutes of time to kill. And, of course, we heard about LSU all last weekend, 51 runs. I mean, they just blew Maine out of the water. They roll into Ruston on Wednesday night, and they get shut down offensively. Cruz, Doty, all those guys go over, right? And La Tech wins 11-6. to And what's the first message that I see on the message board that says, I don't know if we can hit good pitching. After, <laughs> after you know, Monday, they're ready to – I mean, they're booking rooms for Omaha. They're the 28 Yankees on Monday. <laughs> and so, I mean, everybody kind of gets a false sense here early in the year. Now, going back to the point, Am I looking at this and saying, hey, that's okay. It's an early season loss. We're going to be fine. No. What happened Friday was not good. And, we, hey, we, we focused on hitting so far. You know, what happens? You start second-guessing yourself. You start trying to press. Your hands get heavy. When your hands get heavy, you can't get it through the zone. And pl- plus, you know, if a team's throwing 88-mile-an-hour fastball, you're trying to say to yourself, okay, how much do I have to back off? Do I have to back off instead of see hit? because you're used to seeing 94 in practice on live ball pitching. How much do I back off? Do I back off too much? I mean, so much stuff should run through your head, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, the girl in marketing class is going to be – she's going to say this guy can't hit. He's not going to go pro. I mean, you've got so many different things in your head that's, that drives – Just gets in the way of just playing the game. Just play the game. Uh, now, let me give you something good, though, and that was you come out on Saturday, what would you need? In my mind, you need to hit the ball. We were slow doing that. I mean, we got in the sixth inning with just five hits. Yeah. Well, and and looking at that, we had a four-one lead in like the sixth inning Saturday, and I'm looking at the board, and the, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there going, you know, we had four hits last night against Northern Kentucky. They gave us a chance to get back in the game with some walks. We didn't take advantage of it. But then, you know, you look out there in the fifth inning, and you've got five hits on day two against a left-hander who didn't have great stuff. But let me give you the good. Okay. And that is that Preston Johnson is a good pitcher. Well, I was going to go there because we've been so heavy on hitting so far. Let's go to the pitching side. And so let's talk about the positives. Preston Johnson last week didn't have the control that he normally has. Had some issues. For in an inning. For an inning. Yesterday had two at-bats. Gave up a home run in which he threw back-to-back balls, got it to 3-2, fell behind the next guy who doubles – and then gets behind the next guy, and Scott Foxhall goes out to the mound. And after that conversation, he was fine. He was really good after that. And I still – I don't care who you're playing. Now and then, if you throw the ball in the zone, some guys are going to run into it. That's just part of it. You know, once you're a pitcher and you let go of the ball, you don't control anything from there. Now and then, the hitter's got a chance to swing, and now and then they're going to barrel one up. If, even if you go back and you look at that home run, what a terrible pitch. Guy just hit it. And that's baseball, dare I say it. Oh, yes. But the thing for me about Preston Johnson that I love, and we talked about this on the broadcast yesterday, he doesn't melt down. He doesn't melt down after something goes wrong. How many guys do you see, even as starters, you get in the third inning and all of a sudden they walk two or they give up a couple of hits and all of a sudden we better get somebody up. With Preston Johnson, we have seen now twice – Opening weekend, then yesterday, once out of the pen, once as a starter, that he came out, he looked really good. Wills got a little shaky, but then he got him back on and tightened and then was good after that. I, I love that guy's mental toughness because 
that's one of the things I think missing on a lot of pitching staffs, even at the major league level now. It's like you're in the game until the first sign of trouble, then we can't throw you anymore. He doesn't present that problem to you. You ever play tennis a lot? I always hated to play a guy in tennis that had zero expressions. Hated that. It's almost like Roger Federer. You look at Roger Federer versus, say, a Nadal Djokovic, okay? Those guys are exuberant. You kind of know what's going through their mind, okay? And then a Tagma, they're great. And all those guys are great in their different ways. But Federer, things could be falling off the map for him or going great. It is facial expressions the same. It's almost like you're sitting there thinking, what's that guy thinking? And Preston Johnson kind of has a little bit of that, where you're, you're kind of wondering what's going through his mind. Because let me tell you, he didn't show his cards at all. And I like that. I mean, he's, he was just calm, cool, and collected yesterday. He was chewing on his gum, give up a couple hits, and then he comes right back out and just pours fastballs. I think the guy's a really good pitcher. Yeah, I like that. I, I like I that. I really like him. And so then you say, all right, where are you? Landon Sims. Let's talk about Landon Sims on Friday. He got hit a little bit. Um, and here's the, the kind of the news flash. He's human. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing is we all look at these stats in the fall. We all look at you know, everybody's mesmerized by radar gun. Everybody's, you know, infatuated with what he did last year. And, hey, he was, I mean, the guy's one of the major reasons you won a national championship. On Friday, he gave up six hits and five innings of work, okay, over a hit per inning. He struck out four in the five innings. He walked two. He gave up one earned run but four runs overall. And to be honest with you, they gave Cameron James an error on that ground ball to third. Oh, That's a base hit. Yes. Okay, so all four of those runs to me are earned, even though the ERA is not going to show it. All right, let me ask you this question. Landon Sims has been a quote-unquote max effort guy, and he was out of the bullpen, all right? And I'm about to really get deep in the woods with you, okay? Now, all of a sudden, you go into a starting role. And what do – pitchers begin to think in the back of their mind if I'm going to have to go five, six, seven innings. He went seven innings last week is you have to pace yourself and you don't want to run out of gas in the third inning or the fourth inning. So what does that mean, right? Max effort 95-96 then becomes 80% 91-92. You see what I'm saying? I do, and then let me give you another one. When we talked with Roger Clemens, you know, he's kind of like going to strike out the first guy, but then the next guy I'm throwing something with some sink, trying to get a ground ball. It goes through, it goes through. I think we sometimes overdo the idea in college baseball of needing to have multiple pitches, but we hadn't seen like two-seam fastballs from Landon Sims. We hadn't seen anything with sink, for example, that's going to get you that quick out rollover. So that's what I was about to say. With high RPM, four-seam fastball, 95, 96, that's what you used to call a fastball with life. But if you throw 92, four seam, and you're not getting sink, then all of a sudden it doesn't get as much movement. It doesn't hold the plane like that 95 at the bottom of the zone. You see what I'm saying? I do. And so well, I, let's go back to the opening weekend. You know, the one home run he gave up was a 91-mile-an-hour fastball. You know, in the seventh inning he wasn't throwing as hard as he was early in that ball game. And it looked like you almost wonder if he was kind of taking a little off. But there's, look, there's going to be a lot to kind of learn about Landon Sims just in terms of how he transitions. Well, that's what I was about to say. This is, this is not a knock at Landon because we all know what he is. I mean, he, this is a guy who's one of the most electric guys in college baseball. And you start talking about ebbs and flows and trying to figure things out. I mean, that's the thing about a pitcher. You're trying to figure things out at the 
on the mound yourself. How am I going to navigate through the fifth, the sixth, the seventh inning? And like you talked about Roger Clemens, there's probably a lot of things going on in Landon Sims's mind right now about how he wants to navigate and trying to tinker and figure things out too. Well, if, you, if I were to make the comparison to when I was a kid, I'd talk about Carl Lewis, the Olympic sprinter. For younger guys, I might have to talk about Usain Bolt. But you imagine taking that guy, just because you're a gold medal sprinter, now what you're saying is go run the mile. And it just takes some adjustment. It, it, maybe I'm overplaying that, but I think it's it's different being a sprinter and a distance runner. He's plenty talented. He'll be able to do it. It's just going to take some – and look, it's not like he was terrible. I don't want no, to overstate all. this. The point of it is, though, he's not going to come out and give you seven innings of no-hit baseball every week. No, that, that's going back to the point. That was another text I got Friday night was, hey, what's wrong with Landon Sims? I mean, when you go from the bullpen to here, Maldonado is going through the same thing at Vanderbilt right now. I mean, it's just a completely different thing. And that guy was a lights-out relief pitcher last year, Maldonado. Yeah, and he it gave just up takes and adjustments. And he gave up some hits last week to Oklahoma State. We talked about our thoughts on our Friday Tracks Plus deep dig. Tracks Plus, four locations, three in the state of Mississippi. You've got the Hickory, Mississippi on the I-20 exit at Hickory. Columbus and Startville on Highway 82, Summit, Mississippi, then in Alexandria at Louisiana. Great sales staff, great customer service. Daniel Bounds, Fred Fulton over here in Columbus. Ken Crosby in Hickory. Gresh Howell down at Summit. Hoop Weems in Alexandria, Louisiana. Give them a call, and they'll put you on some of that great Barco equipment for the Foresters, some Saney equipment, Saney excavators. Massey Ferguson at three of the four locations in Summit, Hickory, and Alexandria, Louisiana. The great uh, implements and tractors from Massey Ferguson. So our great friends at Trax Plus. Okay, so we do bounce back yesterday. Oh, I have to, I have to make one point before we, before we leave Landon Sales, Bart. Okay. He gave up one run. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy with an ERA of 1.5. But I just said he should have given up four. Yeah, okay. Then his ERA ought to be three. I mean, you get, you get, what, I get, what, I get not, what you're saying. Yeah. It's, let's not over, over-dramatize it. No, no, no. I'm, am I ready to give up on Landon Sims? Am I ready to give up his Friday night spot? No, no. Not, not at all. Yesterday, we bounced back. We win 10-1. You look at how that game goes. You hit a home run in the third inning. Seemed important, by the way. Brad Cumbus, just a rocket shot to left field. We scored four in the third, bounced back after they took the lead early. Wakeham hit the home run in the second inning. We come back with four in the bottom of the third. And then we just kind of got a little quagmire there, a little pitching duel all the way to the bottom of the seventh inning. And then the ability to expand the lead. Logan Tanner with a home run to left field. Logan's hit some balls hard here early in the year that have gone right at guys. We score four, and for all intents and purposes, win the game right there. We had an 8-1 lead. And then in the eighth inning, Cameron James with a two-run home run to left field. Hey, outside the game, James hit that home run. <laughs> that little kid out in the outfield. Did you see that catch? Man, that's awesome. Did you see they interviewed him for one of the newspapers, I think, Northeast Mississippi maybe? No, I didn't see that. Okay, so he's from Biloxi. And he and his buddy were there. And the reason they were hanging out where they were is Gavin Schmidt, bullpen catcher, good dude, by the way, he was he had promised him a couple of balls after the game. I think maybe uh, Gavin like played for one of their dads. I think one of the dads was a baseball coach. So kind of cool. They were hanging around trying to get a ball, but they didn't need one from him after that. It's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Guy sized it up well. 
I mean, he didn't have the happy feet at all. He just waited on that fly ball and caught it. If you haven't seen that, you can go to hailstate.com, and I'm sure they got some kind of – That was the play of the game. Was it the play of the game? It was the play of the game yesterday. (laughs) That's great, man. So, hey, um, by the way, one last thing on – I realize I'm jumping around, but we were talking about pitching. Stone Simmons has been pretty good so far. You know, he comes in, pitches in the ball game on Friday, and it almost feels like if you had gone to Stone Simmons earlier – that one might turn out a little bit differently. Goes two and a third. Big thing. So you've got Con and then you've got Stone Simmons. Here's the big thing those guys aren't doing. They haven't walked anybody. And no, and that's that, the that's the thing. And they're pitching from ahead. I mean, they're throwing, you know, first pitch strikes a lot. That's the thing that Con has done as well. I think I've been saying Con, but I think it is Con. Is that, I, I try to just mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, kind of soft kind of con. Until I get a text message from his mom saying, Hey, how do you pronounce your last name? But I like the guy. story on that, the David Kellum story. Yeah, the, the David Kellum uh, was uh, Bousfield, was a center fielder at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, they they all like to call him the boss. Boss. And uh, David says, he goes and he says, hey, listen, how do you say your last name? He says, well, it's really Bousfield, but, you know, don't call me Bossfield because all the guys call me boss. They don't know. And he was like, no, what if your mother is listening at home, what does she want you call? He was like, Bousfield. Okay, and so that's when he changed it. So, if, you know, if I hear from Pico's family, how do you pronounce your last name? You know, the name like Pico, though, that's really all you ought to have to say. Isn't it? Exactly. If you don't know from there. Um, guy from Verbena, Alabama. It's, really, it's an unincorporated town outside of Montgomery, down in Chilton County, where they got the peaches. Peaches, right? Yep, the peaches. So, all right, real quick, Bart, let's talk lineup. We've seen Mississippi State experimenting at the top of the order. We've seen a lot of different guys in that leadoff spot. Nobody's really laid claim to it right now. If we were to drive over to the stadium right now and I handed you the, the lineup book, who are you putting in the leadoff spot? All right, first I'm going to say this. The best leadoff known to man. This is going to be a Strange Brew Coffee detour. Is leading it? off your day with Strange Brew Coffee. Strange Brew with three locations, two here in Starville. I went to the University Drive location. You went to – did you go through the drive through this morning at the oh, original? Yeah. Charlie doesn't like to get out of his car. He doesn't like to talk to people. I like to talk to people in line, and that's what I did this morning. And so at the original on Highway 12 at Spring Street, I went to University Drive. They have Brupolo and Tupelo as well. I got my blueberry cobbler flavor coffee. Charlie got his just regular old black coffee because, you know, Charlie can be a little bland every now and then. It's okay. But strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, you can go online, order that great coffee, have it sent directly to you, order some mugs, just great people, and they are your great leadoff man to start every single day. If I were the leadoff, if I were making out the lineup for the leadoff guy, I don't know. I think Chris Lamonis is just trying to press buttons right now to figure out who his leadoff guy is. You know, he started out the season with R.J. Yeager. And then he went with Cam James. He's gone with Quarter a couple times as well. So now what do you do at the top of the order? I may leave Quarter out there. I may leave Quarter there for just right now. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody, somebody's got a bat leadoff. You can't go up there and take an out and somebody bat second, even though. That's kind of what we've been doing. How many hits have we had from the leadoff man? From the leadoff man this year, we have one hit. We've got. We got one hit. And that's not like leading off an inning, and we talked about that yesterday. Now, that's a little bit stretching of a stat, too, because our leadoff guy in the first six games, 
We played six games. We have. Okay. In the first six games, the guy batting in the leadoff spot, we have a combined one hit from the guy who was in the leadoff spot in the order. So we're getting zero production right now. Now, we've had some walks. We've had some at-bats. My guys have gotten on base, but one hit, and that's all. Quarter may be that guy. He tried to drop down a bunt yesterday, bunted it right back to the pitcher. He's got speed. He's got athleticism. He's put the ball in play. He hasn't struck out a whole lot. So maybe I'll leave Quarter there for a game or two just to see if he can win the job. I think that's the thing that Chris Lamonis has got going on right now. He's playing a lot of different guys of saying, hey, I want somebody to win a job right here. I want to see Aaron Downs today, by the way. I want to see I want to see somebody win the job as a leadoff guy. I want to see somebody win the job at second base. I want to see somebody win the job at shortstop. I want to see a guy win the job in right field. I mean, he's trying to find guys to win the job right now. And if we were to be go back in time to a month ago, what are the chances we would be saying that right now you have one, two, three, four, as I added up in my head, four different positions where somebody, it's still wide open. Center field still wide open. Right field still open. Shortstop has become open, and second base is open. That's you start to say, man, we got the same group. Well, we don't. No, that's that's four positions you're not solid in right now. Like rock solid. I know today when I, when they make out the lineup card. The left fielder is going to be Brad Cumbus. The catcher is going to be Logan Tanner, for all intents and purposes. And the first baseman is going to be Luke Hancock. The third baseman is going to be Cameron James. Now, if you start moving some parts around, some of those could change. You may see Cameron James go to the outfield. We've seen that. We've talked about that in the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, there are some question marks. You start trying to say, how is this team losing to Northern Kentucky and how does this team lose to two out of three to Long Beach State? It's because there's a lot of moving parts right now. So, all right, Bart, let's uh, detour just a minute here. Um, We have our Monday show coming back, and I have had more feedback from people this week saying, have you figured out a name for your Monday show? I've had three or four folks say, like, Monday Musings. Had that. I had the Monday mop-up, kind of like, you know, mop-up duty for a pitcher. I kind of I thought that was. The Monday bullpen session. I don't know. We've had a few. I had Monday meltdown suggested. That's not <laughs> I try not to melt down. No. Uh, hey, if if we lose today, we're gonna have a Monday meltdown. I yeah. can tell you that right now. You know, Russell Thomas and his son stopped me walking out of the game yesterday. Asked me, All right, what what are you gonna name it? Uh so and then uh you know, it's pretty cool. You get feedback. You you kinda learn where your listeners are. That's what's been so cool about this is how many people that we hear back from who are in you know, this weekend I've heard from somebody in Austin, you know, just people all over. Uh, and, and that's uh, a lot of people kind of talking. So appreciate everybody, by the way, who stops and does have suggestions. And if you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment if it's going to be positive. Give us a rating. That's how the analytics of the podcast world kind of work. And so we'd appreciate that. It's, it's not like we garner just a ton of attention off that, but it does help with the analytics and how iTunes throws things together. And so – Give us a rating, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a good comment. Charlie doesn't like negative comments. Well, and uh, look, uh, just share with your friends if you don't mind. I did have this pretty cool buddy of mine, uh, good friends, an Auburn fan, follows me on Twitter. Actually started telling friends of his we knew Mississippi, who were Mississippi State fans. Asked them to listen. So, like, we've got a loyal listener now, Lauren, over at Encore Rehab in, Bur- in Pike Road, Montgomery. 
she's a listener, and she knows about it from an Auburn fan. So word of mouth helps too. And, uh, hey, I go back to the point. We talked about this a, a lot last year and the year before last. This thing is continuing to grow. It's massive. I mean, it's 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 crazy how base of listenership to start the season compared to where it was a year ago is just unreal. And we're continuing to get more and more people listening every week. And, and hey, we appreciate you. And, hey, we also appreciate our good friends at Bank First. Bank First. Locations throughout Mississippi and Alabama. Great customer service at Bank First. Better way to bank. Moat Griffin, Marcus Mallory, John Shapley, Johnny Ray, Dennis Bach. Just so many good people at Bank First Where if you're in the market for a mortgage loan, mortgage refinance. Hey, rates are going up right now. Better lock that in pretty quick. And then commercial lending, business loans, anything you need at Bank First. And, Charlie, hey, listen. So let's knock this uh, knock this down. One o'clock start today. I'm going to head down to Two Brothers. About eleven o'clock, I'm going to head to Two Brothers. I'm going to have a nice little lunch. I may be late getting to the press box today, but I'll tell you uh, what, I hope you'll do as well. Swing by a Strange Brew and get us one of those. Is it a gallon of coffee? Is that what it is? I know you took some to the office last week. Yeah, I took some to the office, and everybody's like, what are you doing? I mean, why is Bart being be nice? It's a coffee kind of day today. It is going to be a coffee kind of day today. So I'll grab, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll grab one of those boxes of coffee. They have the um, have the Strange Brew coffee in. Now what I'm going to do is go to, to um, Two Brothers first, and then I'll come back up to Strange Brew. That way it'll still be hot. And then I'll take it to the booth, and we can sit there and sip on that coffee the whole day today. By the way, I went to Two Brothers the other day, and I looked up and down the menu, and I know we talk about that on the show right here. And literally, I can't find anything on the menu that I wouldn't eat. I mean, I like everything on their menu. The food is just good. The food is really good at Two Brothers. I like it because they don't overthink things. Man, they know what they do, and they do it well. Are, we, uh, are we overthinking things this morning? I don't uh, think we are. No, I think baseball fans, by definition, overthink things. And that's okay. It is. It um, is. But but I think the thing that baseball fans shouldn't do is overreact to things. Go back. Friday, we said we were going to sweep. We said this team wasn't good. I don't back away from, from that. They're, it's not an insult. It's just it's just where they're ranked. It's, it is what just, it is. Yeah, it's just what they are. This isn't a character attack. It's just a evaluation of where they are as a baseball team. But what we have seen in two straight weekends is a couple of teams still. I think Long Beach State's pretty good. But you've got a couple of teams who the jury's still out on how good they're going to be. But what we've seen is two straight weekends, they've come in and haven't backed down at all. And I, you just get the feeling it's going to be like that all year long. And we go back to the interview we had with Pat Casey at Oregon State on the back-to-back championships. You know, they swept through their league the year they won their first title. The one they won the second year, they were like sixth. It didn't always as easy the second time around. We'll be okay. It's all about getting hot at the right time, and hopefully it starts today. Hopefully it started yesterday because we've got Tulane next weekend. We better, we've got Southern Miss on Wednesday night. We better figure some things out in a hurry. So 1 o'clock today, going to be a little well, we chilly. We might have the Monday meltdown a week from Monday. Yeah, we could. So don't make us do that. Don't make us be bad guys. We That's don't like right. to be bad guys. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our great sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee, three locations, two in Starville, one in Tupelo. Farm Bureau, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team. Tracks Plus, four locations, three in Mississippi with Summit, Hickory, and Startville, Columbus, and then in Alexandria, Louisiana. 
And once again, our fine friends at Bank First, Two Brothers Smoke Meats. Man, it's been a good Sunday morning because it's a cold, wet Sunday morning in Starkville. At 1 o'clock, first pitch, the rubber game of the three-game series, Mississippi State and Northern Kentucky. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Sunday Coffee.